Welcome to the Get Emergent podcast. On our driving leadership episodes, you'll witness conversations with leaders from all walks of life and learn about what drives them to lead. You'll hear about their leadership development, current challenges that face them and their organizations, and stories about leadership. I'm Bill Berthel, and my desire to demystify leadership and have real conversations with leaders is what drives me. Joining me today is Juan Gonzalez. Juan, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it, Bill. Anytime. I really appreciate you being here. I'm really intrigued to learn more about you and your leadership. Juan, you're the CEO of Eagle Eye International Protective Services and Kinetic Red. I don't want to pretend I know what you do, but it sounds amazing. You do some very high-end security. You do some very serious mission work that I, I know must be full of conflict. And conflict is something leaders deal with every day. So I, I'm really intrigued to listen to you about that. But could you tell us about your organizations you lead so we get a really solid understanding? Sure thing. First thing, Bill, feel free to call me Gonzo. Last name is Gonzalez and automatically, you know, in the military for the last 23 years, you're automatically deemed as a, uh, as a Gonzo. So please refer <laughs> to me as that. Will do. Um, or you can call me Juan, whichever one you want, but everybody does call me Gonzo. So Eagle Eye International was really created for the corporate and the civilian sector. And we also have what's called the hard services, which we used to have at Eagle Eye. And we used to have it on our website. We used to have forward facing, but we created this other company, Kinetic Red, to meet those hard services. And those hard services could be anything from tactical training, technical training, foreign internal defense, things like that. Eagle Eye is more reserved for the security of assets, infrastructure, and personnel of individuals, high net worth individuals, VIPs, corporate entities, and really just business-related activities moving to and from other countries, secure logistics, personal protection, security assessments, things like that. Wow, that sounds awesome. Tell me a little bit about your background, and you must have a very special team developed. Tell me about them. Yeah, we've got key individuals, key groups that we tap into for some of the work that we do, both in Eagle Eye and Kinetic Red, and they are both different types of teams. I was born in Anaheim, California, but raised mostly in South and Central America. I'm an Army brat. Father was in the military, you know, almost 25 years. He retired as a colonel. And even though I said I never would, never even thought about it growing up, I kind of followed in his footsteps, joined in the Army straight out of high school, and then did a couple of years there, got out, bounced around some schools, joined the Navy, went into the special operations community with the United States Navy. And I'm fixing to retire here in July after about 23 years total military services with most of that within the special operations community. And really that's kind of where I'm born from. That's where I get all of my leadership value. My moral compass is pretty much all military, you know, uh, and that can be good and bad depending on where you've been and what you do. But uh, I definitely owe a lot to the military for my upbringing. Well, Gonzo, first, thank you for your service. We all owe you and all the amazing men and women that serve this country in that capacity. Thank you for that. Appreciate uh, it. Tell me a little bit and tell our listeners, what inspired you to be a leader? What is that for you? Why do you lead? Yeah, You know, that's a good question. And I never, ever remember thinking to myself early on when I was hungry and desperate and broke and, and trying to stand up the business, Eagle Eye, back in 2008 and 2009, I never recall thinking, I'm going to be a leader, or because I already have these leadership qualities, I'm going to be capable and able to stand up this business. 
leadership to me was something that happened over a long period of time. And let me tell you one thing about my leadership attributes and my qualities. I wouldn't be the leader I am today if I wasn't an absolutely amazing follower. And to me, that is the easiest thing I can remember doing. It's something that came very natural. I loved being given instructions or, you know, a recipe for something and say, hey, Juan, go execute this. I became really effective at that. And I think that really was a segue to becoming a good leader. But like I said, becoming a leader for me was was something that happened over time through a lot of sacrifice, a lot of, um, you know, self-introspection and just failures. You know, I, I, I can't say that enough. And you hear that every time you hear somebody talk, whether they're a self-help guru or there's somebody that's motivating you to do something, they always talk about capitalizing on your failures and using those to press on and move on and to become a better leader. And I'm definitely a part of that group. Uh, Gonzo, I love it. I love it. We often at Emergent train, coach, and consult in just the space you talked about. First, your experience and willingness to follow, right? What better way to get the empathy as a leader, but leveraging or capitalizing on failure. We we sometimes say, we're not going to fail. We win or we learn. And that's what I hear you talking about. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really awesome. Unfortunately, when you're in it, and you're, you know, you're at ground zero on the X and you're failing, you don't see it that way. Yeah. Um, you, you don't see it that way at all. You're, you're failing in real time and you're being affected in real time. So when you're standing up a company or when you take some sort of endeavor on and you're failing at that moment, the last thing on your mind sometimes is, okay, great. I'm going to take this in. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to write my lessons learned and I'm going to move on and I'm going to do it better next time. No, usually sometimes it, it could be something catastrophic and tragic that doesn't allow you to just bounce up like that. It takes time. That point from failure to admission and taking it all in and then moving forward can take 24 hours or it can take months or even years. You know, it's not something that happens overnight. And I think that's very important as a leader now to be able to tell somebody, hey, I see you made a mistake, learn from your mistake and move on. That's easy to say for me because I've been there and done that. And I'm over here overseeing, supervising and managing that individually eventually but for that person to actually take it in and learn something it takes time and hopefully you give that person enough time or he under he or she understands that that is a process it's not something that happens at the snap of the fingers oh beautiful i think i hear you talking about resilience as well in that that time and that resilience to be able to bounce back yeah Yeah. really important as leaders uh, Gonzo, share a unique story you have about your leadership experience. Like what, what stands out? Either something you're really proud of or a unique story you'd want our listeners to hear about your leadership. About my leadership. Well, I'm a big advocate and I, I feel that I've always led from what we call in the military, lead from the front. Mm. You know, practice what you preach, basically. And I've had the opportunity because of the nature of the business, I've done every position in the company. I have filled it and I had done it at one point in time. One of the things I'm most proud of regarding that and relevant to that is that as individuals move up in the organization, they can look back and say, they have also done that. They can look back and say, you know what? I know the mistakes that that person can make beneath me because I've already been there and I've made those mistakes. So we really do, we have a process for lessons learned and passing that information down and having some sort of mentorship where somebody that you're bringing up or somebody new to the organization, you're building them up slowly, one piece at a time, right? 
quality over quantity. We're not interested, at least in my business, in growing too quickly and growing fast. We are taking our time. We're doing it by the numbers and we're doing it as fast as the quality of our employees and our product allows. And I'm really proud of that because it's shown, you know, one easy way to look at that and say, well, how do you quantify that? You know, where, where have you seen that? You know, the numbers don't lie. So if you look at the numbers and you get client feedback consistently, that's what it's saying. And I'm super proud of that. And let me tell you, as the company grows bigger and bigger, it's not an individual effort. You know, I'm not the face of the company anymore. I may be the guy on LinkedIn that you see next to the Eagle Eye name, but I'm not the guy out there doing the work. I'm not the guy out there, you know, side by side with the clients doing the security, doing the assessments. I have qualified and very key individuals that we have brought up together that are the face of the company and are showing all of our lessons learned from 10 years back. And they're putting that face forward. And that's super important for growth, you know, for growth and, and scaling up. You know, I can't be everywhere in my COO and key managers that hold the standard and hold the line. They can't be everywhere all the time. So we really do rely on field and ground employees to press that forward. Absolutely. And to scale, I mean, a lot of leaders and a lot of organizations talk about quality. I'm, I'm going to make an assumption here, but I don't think it's a far-fetched assumption. Your numbers include people's safety, security, and their lives. Quality must be absolutely. Yes. Yeah, no, our, our margin for error is zero. You know, yeah. what you have, we really do rely on a lot of prevention and identification. Once things are in motion and the client is on the X or you're on the X trying to counter or trying to, um, play catch up, it's already too late. It's already mission failure for us. You know, now we're reacting to something else that we weren't prepared for. And that could possibly and most likely lead down the road to somebody getting hurt. So we really do rely on a lot of prevention, identification and proper planning in order to be successful. Hmm. Amazing, amazing. Talk to me a little bit about challenges you're facing now, either in, in your field or in your leadership, what comes to mind for you? Well, you know, obviously post pandemic, that was just, I think, a huge challenge for all CEOs, all leaders at every level of that C-suite you know, scale. Fortunately, because of the nature of the work, the clients that we have, and the extreme efforts by all of our employees and, and executive staff, we have managed to toe the line and be above the line when it came to post-pandemic activities and security work. However, I know that it was a challenge, including for us to try to forecast and see where are things going, you know, six months after they started lockdown, where are they going a year, a year and a half? And now where do we see ourselves now post pandemic, post vaccines, right? I think the landscape is always changing for security anyways, but now you add, you know, the pandemic and COVID SOPs and procedures that are going to take hold worldwide, whether it be in the form of the COVID passport, you know, the, um, the vaccine passport which could affect us greatly because we do a lot of travel, right? We really do depend on a lot of our clients, a lot of our customers to call us before they travel and to secure them during travel. So we are expecting some sort of challenge there. Another one of my challenges and for my executive staff is taking care of our people. As the company grows and you start to scale, you start to be responsible and accountable for a lot more employees, right? Not to mention the customer and client base as well, which is a given that's always there, right? That's our job. But I also feel a lot of responsibility toward the employees and the people that we hire. 
and also the people that we can't hire. You know, we have a dedicated recruiter, a dedicated team now at HR that is always looking for more people, looking for more qualified people. And one thing I love to do is to hire people. I've been out there in the workforce and I remember and I know what it's like to be looking for a job and to be out there, you know, trying to get those qualifications, trying to make sure that you are the right fit, trying to make sure that your employer is a culturally good fit. And that's another key term that I've been hearing a lot in the last year is cultural fit. You know, just because you have the qualifications and the certifications to do your job, it doesn't mean that you're a right fit for a certain employer. So we're always constantly managing that aspect. That's the other thing is always making sure that our employees are taken care of, you know, whether it be they're getting paid correctly, they're getting paid on time, that they're taken care of on the medical, dental, 401k. I mean, we rolled out a lot of these plans and we we bend over backwards to make sure that our employees are, are, are getting taken care of. Those are a few of my points. No, that's fascinating. Thank you, Gonzo. So it's you or your team. If I'm going to be traveling into um, a geography that's particularly risky to go do business, that's your job. Get me in and out of there safely so I can do my business uninterrupted. That's the kind of work you're doing. You're dealing with the acronym VUCA all the time. Volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. You've got that all the time. Pre and post pandemic. Wow, that's your work. It's an honor to talk with you, Gonzo. Thank you again for being here. Give us some advice. Our leaders that listen in, aspiring leaders that listen in, would want to ask you, what advice would you give me as a leader? My advice, well, man, we could talk about this all day, but if I were to break down, let's say, in three priority bullets for any leaders out there, our number one, something we just talked about, take care of your people first, right? Yeah. Take care of your people first. Number two, understand that you are in the people management space now, right? As you start to grow, you have to manage personalities, characters, not just the individual themselves, but maybe even their family, right? And number three, hold yourself accountable and responsible for everything that happens within the organization. Leaders are in the people business, aren't they? That's right. That's what we're doing. We're leading people. Gonzo, thank you so much. An honor to know you. Thank you for taking some time out of your day today to speak with me and our listeners. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. Anytime, Bill. Listen for more episodes of Driving Leadership right here on the Get Emergent podcast, where we'll continue the conversations with a new leader every month. And come back for more leadership content with Cindy Massengill and Ralph Simone, where they discuss real leadership challenges in a practical and relatable format. 